0: Good morning, church. So good to see all of you this morning. And, you know, God is so good. And even as we sang and worshiped him, you know, we could all feel the presence of God in our homes. Amen. Even as we are connected this morning in this celebration service, as we are gathered here this morning, remember that we are gathered in the name of Jesus. And every time we come together, he establishes his word and his purposes in us for us and through us, and this morning we're going to continue our series on the book of Ezekiel, and we are looking at Ezekiel thirty-seven, dry bones. So uh, we have it's quite uh, a, a very very interesting topic, and you know I asked about ten people recently about the book of Ezekiel, and I asked, I asked them, have "You read the book of Ezekiel?" and immediately the first thing that jumped out of their uh, uh, lips was, yes, dry bones. The only thing most people can remember about Ezekiel is dry bones. There's so many things actually happening throughout the book of Ezekiel, even as as Pastor Fergs has taken us through uh, some of the uh, topics so far, and some that he'll be taking us through even next week. This week, dry bones. Next next week will be Gog and Magog. But the thing that people remember seems to be dry bones. Ezekiel seems to be kind of like branded with this dry bone thing, right? Let's just look at the slides as we read the word of God this morning together before we jump into uh, the message, right? So read it together with me. I know you're... you're uh, Microphones are muted, but let's read it together, even when, you know, in our own space, in our own homes. Let's declare the word of God. Let's read the word of God this morning. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. He caused me to pass all around them, and behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these dry bones. Behold, I will make breath enter you so that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and I will put breath in you, so that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. Next slide. Verse 7. So, I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold, there was on the bones, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and, and the breath came into them. And they came to life, and stood up on their feet an exceedingly great army. Amen. Next slide. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and make you come up. Out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you back home to the land of Israel. Then you will know with confidence that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and made you come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit in you and you will come to life, and I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I am I the Lord have spoken and fulfilled it, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. God bless the reading of your word this morning. You know, uh, even as we have looked at these 14 verses, the vision of the valley of dry bones is set against the backdrop of a nation taken into captivity. And a people still coming to terms with the desolation that they were experiencing. We see God carrying Ezekiel away to see this vision that somewhat is the most well-known event in the entire book. Ezekiel had been constantly reminding the people of God's promise to restore the land and regenerate his people. But as far as their eyes could see, the present reality was a far cry from the promise of God. What they were experiencing right now was even worse than they could have imagined. Now they were suffering, they were taken away captive and really under a hard, brassy cloud. When they prayed, they could not see answers at times and they were really, really wondering whether God was for them. The, The fact of the matter is this, Israel and Judah's persistent and obstinate disobedience to God's word, their idolatry, immorality and blatant wickedness had brought about God's judgment on the land. At this time, Israel had already been annexed by the Assyrians and the Babylonians had carried Judah away captive. Ezekiel was probably still living in the refugee settlement along the Keba River when he had this vision. The issue facing Israel was a people who were despondent, downcast, a nation divided, with Israel and Judah being fragmented and there was no king there. They had no king. No temple. The temple was destroyed by the invading Babylonians, and eventually, however, God still spoke to them. Even in the midst of this, God was still speaking to them. We know that eventually a remnant will return to the ravaged city of Jerusalem and rebuild both the temple and the city, but it was nothing compared to what God had promised them, right? It was just a very, very small foreshadowing because Ezekiel was looking far to the future as well to see the Messiah's return to claim his people. That's what the second part, actually, of the book talks about. The first part, Ezekiel is basically divided into two parts. The first part from verses 1 to 14 tells us that the dead nation of Israel, though dry as a bone, would one day be restored to life. The second part, which is from verse 15, verses 15 to 20, it confirms that the divided nation a fragmented nation and be brought back together and united by God. Today we'll just be focusing on the first part, hence our title, The Dry Bones, the first 14 verses of Ezekiel 37. So we're just going to look at verses 1 and 2 in this slide. Let's read it together. The word of the Lord sorry, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass all around them and behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. I'm reading from the Amplified translation in case you are, you want to check it out, right? Uh, First two verses, vision of the valley of dry bones. The vision of Ezekiel was definitely God-ordained, God-inspired. He had not smoked some weed and was having some hallucinations. But this was God. The vision indicates a valley full of very dry bones. There were so many bones that they are not even numbered in Scripture. The fact that these bones were lying exposed to the elements in the desert indicates shame and humiliation. Because in the Near Near Eastern cultures of those days, Even today, right, always ensured that the dead were given a decent, dignified burial. But these dry bones scattered out in this valley, lying out in the open, exposed to the elements, reminded Ezekiel of the consequences Israel was facing as a result of breaking covenant. Some of this, uh, you know, we, as we read in scripture, in Genesis, 14, 19, from Genesis, in Genesis 14, 19, one of the verses, another one is Deuteronomy 28, 26, and Ezekiel 39, 17. It talks about the shame, disgrace, and indignity of disobedience to the Lord. These things, you know, when you see bod- bodies left outside to rot and rotting to the point where, you know, they are just exposed, the bones becoming super dry out there in the, in the open they were consequences of, or curses that came as a result of breaking covenant with God. Or, you know, it, it basically anything like this where bones are left out to dry indicated God's displeasure, divine displeasure, divine judgment, and divine wrath upon uh, these individuals. And now, Ezekiel was looking at these bones and remember that he was walking in the midst of these bones. You know, Ezekiel is a priest, and basically for priests to even touch dead bodies would be would would render them unclean, right? But I believe that Ezekiel knew that this was a vision and 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 he went in right into the middle of it. Because in verse two, it says, God, you know, he caused me to pass all around them. So he had a very, very close view, right? About what was out there. This was the intro, basically, Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones. What was God's question to Ezekiel? Verse 3, next slide, we see that. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answered, O Lord God, you know. Smart answer, right? God asks him, can his bones live? And he said, God, saya tidak tahu, kamu yang tahu. He just said, kamu saja yang tahu, not tahu, right? Ezekiel had no idea whether those bones could live or not. He certainly saw the terrible condition they were in, being very dry, exposed to the elements. Perhaps he could have had some flashbacks from the time that he was marched into exile himself to Babylon. Because remember that Israel was besieged by the Babylonians for some time and then, Judah fell right sorry Judah was besieged by the Babylonians and when Judah fell the Babylonians came inside and killed the citizens of Judah the children of Judah and and what 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 uh, the children of Israel okay and what they, they did was they just killed these guys and left their bodies littered all over the streets so Ezekiel would have seen bodies littered all over the streets of judah even as he was marching out of judah marching into exile to babylon and this would have probably jogged his 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 memory and brought him back to uh, this time the dry bones would have brought him back to the time where he was coming out right ezekiel did not know if the bones could live nor did he have any ideas about what they represented okay the key thing about ezekiel's response is that he knew then god knew whether the bones could live, he did not have the answer, but he knew who had the answer, right? From a human perspective, of course, there was no way these bones could live; it was impossible. But God specializes in making the impossible possible. That's, you know, we see that we've seen that seen that throughout the Bible. We've seen that we've seen that in our lives, right? Jeremiah to 17, where uh, you know. God asked Jeremiah a question, and Jeremiah answered, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Again, Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The obvious answer is no. In Matthew 19:26, Jesus was looking at the crowd, and he answered them when they asked him something. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. It was about salvation, right? The thing is this, with men, this is impossible with regards to the dry bones that we are looking at with Ezekiel. But with God, all things are possible. And then we move on. The next slide, verses 4 to 7. God speaks to Ezekiel, and he says, see, remember this, God brought Ezekiel to see the dry bones. God asked him whether the dry bones could live. Ezekiel answered, God, you alone know. And now God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will make breath enter you so that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and I will put breath in you so that you may come alive. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise. And behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on the bones and flesh grew and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. God instructs Ezekiel to prophesy to the dry bones to hear the word of the Lord, indicating that the life-giving force here, the restorative force here is the word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, we, we see that God's word is pow- powerful, right? Sharper than any two-aged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is so powerful. We know that in, from Hebrews 1.3 that God's word is the source of power with which he holds all things together. And it is through his word, that all things were made. We see in John 1.1-3. 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that had been made, right? Now, God speaks to Ezekiel, and he tells him, prophesy to these bones. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The first thing he said to the dry bones was, hear the word of the Lord. He didn't say, rise up or anything, First thing, hear the word of the Lord. No matter how dry a situation is, how bad things may seem, God's word has the power to bring change. God's word has the power to bring transformation. God's word has the power to restore and bring everything into alignment and order, divine alignment and divine order. You know, when uh, we look at this, this the, the flow of things, in From verses 4 to 7, we see how God places value on his word, how God decrees his word, and He's God moves progressively. I'll make breath enter you so that you may come to life. He says, I'll put sinews on you first, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and I'll put breath in you. So it's sinews, flesh, skin, and then breath. God is very organized, and he is a god who is just a god of order and you know everything he does is excellent this is the god that we serve right when god speaks he brings alignment and order when god asked ezekiel to decree or to speak and prophesy life over these bones we see alignment and order for us to see alignment and order in our lives We need to decide and act on God's word. The first command to the bones was to hear the word of the Lord. When we want our dry bones to come alive, any situation we may be facing, Israel had her challenge and Judah had a challenge. We have our own dry bones, right? Any situation, any circumstance, any condition, whether it's a physical situation, an emotional situation or a spiritual situation, whatever it is, first and foremost, we have to come into alignment with God's word. We have to come into agreement with His word. Amos 3, 3. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. In the Old Testament, it says that how can two walk together except they be in agreement? We cannot walk together with God unless we come into agreement with the word of God. That's where we need the renewing of our minds to come into agreement with the word of God. To remove the clutter, to remove all the wrong programming that has been going on, with you know, and just... Replace it. Wash it with the water of the word. Our, our words today, we call our, we are all believers in Jesus. We, call, we, are, we are called by the name of the Lord. I'm going to ask you this. Are our words, our thoughts and actions lining up with God's word, is there a consistency in our lives, the way we live our lives with the faith we process, profess? We call ourselves believers in Jesus. We call ourselves Christians. But is there a consistency with the faith we profess with our lips and the lives that we live? Do we really, and do we really believe in the word of God? Do we believe that God loves us and has our best interests in mind? Do we believe that God's way is the best way? Or do we think that we know better than God? Or do we feel suspicious of God? Do we feel that God is using us and abusing us? Do we believe that God is faithful? Do we believe that he is reliable and that he is for us, not against us? Do we believe that God's word is truth? And is God's word a reality in our lives? In fact, God's word should be the ultimate reality of our lives. What we see outside there could be facts, but God's word is truth. And the truth of God's word supersedes everything else. You know, God himself talks about his word. And, you know, I just want you to look at Psalm 138, verse 2. Psalm 138, verse 2, in the Amplified Version, I'm just reading this. God honors his name, you know, above his word, showing us how much he values his word. Psalm 138, verse 2, goes like this. I will worship toward your holy temple. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth and faithfulness, for you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above all your name. I read this again. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth and faithfulness, for you have exalted above all else your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above all all your name. God prioritizes prioritizes his name. God honors his name, his word above his name, sorry. God honors his word above his name. This shows us how much he values his word. How about us? Do we read his word? Do we spend time seeking him, seeking his face through his word? You know, the primary way God speaks to us today is through his word. Do we study his word? Do we believe in his word and internalize his word in our lives so that we can live out his word? Are we speaking his word over our circumstances, our situations, our lives, our friends, our church and nation? I had a friend who spoke to to me uh, quite recently telling me that in the midst of the challenges that he's facing, the thing that anchors him, the thing that strengthens him is the word of God. Even in this, he, he, he just spends, you know, he was just telling me he spends about 20 minutes a day just reading the word and absorbing the word of God. And he takes what he has read in that 20 minutes and, and kind of like meditates on it throughout his day. And he says, I don't know uh, whether he's got a consistent Bible reading plan or anything like that. But this thing he said that the word of God that he reads every day, the word of God that he meditates upon every day strengthens him and sustains him throughout that day. He says, whatever challenges he faces, somehow that word he read for that day would be relevant for the challenge he faces. That's why, you know, God's word, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon who said, the word of God is timeless and therefore it is timely. Many people have quoted it after Spurgeon, but you know, the word of God is indeed timeless, right? And because it is timeless, it is timely. It is always timely. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's a present continuous tense. That means we need fresh bread every day, right? And when we go to the word of God, he speaks to us by his spirit. That's why the first thing God wanted Ezekiel to say to the dry bones is, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I mean, you know, Can you imagine speaking to dry bones? Not just dead, like super dead, right? But God is still asking him to speak to dry bones. You know, we may have situations in our lives that could be like those dry bones. God could have put desires in our hearts. God could have put stuff in our lives. God could have given us you know, he could have called us to do certain things. He could have put some dreams in our lives, but somehow, because of our own mistakes, because of you know uh, stuff, we did ourselves for our lack of wisdom. The enemy was able to steal it from us. The enemy was able to execute his agenda, you know, of stealing, killing, and destroying those things, those dreams, those things that those seeds that God planted in our lives. Some of the some of us could have had to, could have you know. Uh, a calling, for something in our lives, a business, perhaps a ministry, perhaps a relationship, perhaps, you know, many things that the enemy could have just set on fire, burnt it, destroyed it. And now we'll be looking at the, looking back at those things like dry bones, dead and buried. God could have called you to pray for someone or, or, or stand in the gap, or even be, you know, be, lead worship something in your lives. You see, God's thoughts towards us are thoughts of peace that give us a future and a hope. And God purchased us with the blood of his son, Jesus. He purchased us to live as victors, not as losers. Amen. But we are allowing the enemy to steal those things from us. We have allowed the enemy to steal those things from us. Wherever we are in our lives today, remember this. God can speak to our dry bones. God spoke to the dry bones through Ezekiel. God can speak to those dry bones. The dry bones we are facing, COVID-19, that is the largest dry bone I'm looking at. In a sense, that it's it's creating a dry bone atmosphere. Yesterday, I was talking to a neighbor, and uh, not yesterday, sorry, uh, uh, was on Thursday, and he told me that uh, you know, if we continue, he said, "Kalau kita teruskan dengan PKP dalam Malaysia ini, lama-lama kita semua akan jadi macam tulang kering." It says if the, if the MCO continues, Malaysia will end up like dry bone. Interesting, right? I mean, if he, if he mentioned that at dry bone at any other time, I would not have really caught it. But since we are looking at dry bone in this, in this, in this season, right? You know, even this week, that really, uh, you know, came up to me too. It is true that when we look at what's happening around us, things look bad. But wait, God has a plan and no, nothing No one, no man, woman, demon, or beast, or angel can thwart God's plan. Amen. When we talk about the word of God, it is only when we come into alignment and agreement with God's word that we will see God's order manifested in our lives. We need to understand the word of God. We need to to receive the word of God. We need to allow the word of God to be internalized in us. And we need to allow the word of God to take root in us and to displace doubt, unbelief, fear, the things that are not God's, then we will see order. When we come into alignment and agreement with God's word, we will see the order of God manifested in our lives over our atmosphere, over our spheres of existence. Alignment with God's word brings order into our lives. Amen. Ezekiel himself, from chapters 1 to chapter 37, right? you see God really sensitizing him, molding him, you know, and preparing him throughout. Ezekiel himself was completely obedient to God, following through on everything God had commanded him, including some very unusual prophetic acts, lying on his side for 390 days, eating food cooked using cow dung as fuel, breaking out from his home through a hole in the wall at midnight. And even being denied the right to mourn for his wife, he could not. You know, God denied him the right to cry and his wife died. God so sensitized Ezekiel to understand his heart for the people. That when Ezekiel received the message, he received it in its entirety. He understood every nuance of the message he preached and he lived out the message in a sense Ezekiel, while reflecting that message of God and while living it out for people to see, he became that message. That's why I believe Ezekiel had the authority to speak to the dry bones and see them come to life. That's why God chose him to speak to the dry bones. He was in total alignment with God and therefore he could speak with the authority of God. This is what we need to do. This is what we need to come into. You know, lots of things are happening out there and people are crying out, asking even even believers, right? Asking what's happening, God, are you still with us? While we are, you know, the thing is God is with us. God goes on to speak in verses 9 to 10. And here God says, prophesy breath. Verse 9, you read, then he said, Prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds of breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. You know, when you see uh, God saying this, prophesy breath, right? It kind of takes you back one chapter, uh, you know, to Ezekiel 36, 27. Fergus took, took us through this. Uh, Ezekiel 36 last week. Look at verse 37 in, uh, sorry, 27 in Ezekiel 36. It says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Breath here means both breath, the Hebrew word ruah, or ruah it means breath and spirit. God alone is able to give life, the breath of life. And it also refers to the spirit of God. As Ezekiel prophesies, God's commands, you know, God commanded Ezekiel to prophesy and he's prophesying, right? When he prophesied, the dry bones, which are now restored with sinews and flesh and skin, became living beings, whole, restored, and complete. What we see here is spirit coming into Shells, the restored shells, right? The bodies were bones. Now they have got sinews. They have got uh, flesh. They've got skin. And finally, God gave them the breath. As God spoke the word through Ezekiel, Ezekiel decrees God's word. First, the word is spoken. They hear the word of the Lord. Then the spirit of God comes. The spirit comes into them. I see it this way. It takes the combination of the word of God and the Spirit of God to bring completeness and balance. The Spirit of God brings illumination to us. The Spirit of God illuminates the Word of God to us, bringing insight and understanding of His will. And the Spirit of God enables us and empowers us to live out His Word. We need both the Word and the Spirit, you know, going together in perfect balance. That... It's what Malaysia needs today. That's what the world needs today. That's what each of us need today. And even as Ezekiel saw this hopeless situation and decreed the word of God, you remember God's word in Jeremiah 1.12, it says that he will watch over his word to perform it. God speaks and fulfills his word. So look at verses 11 to 14. I'm going to read it for you. God speaks and fulfills his word. Then he said to me, God, speaking to Ezekiel, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut out. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I will open your graves and make you come up out of your graves, my people. And I will bring you back home to the land of Israel. Then you will know with confidence that I am the Lord and I have opened your graves and made you come up out of your graves. My people, I will put my spirit in you and you will come to life and I will place you in your own land. Then you will know that I am, I the Lord have spoken and have fulfilled it. You know, when God finishes with something, he always says this, right? Then you will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know that I the Lord have spoken and fulfilled it. Even today, like Israel, Israel lamented that their dry bones had dried up and their hope was lost. We are completely cut off, they said. Yet God spoke life and restoration over them on account of his promises to them. Today, we are in Christ. We are called his sons and daughters. We are called by the name of Jesus. We have the assurance and the seal of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. As such, we have access to all the promises of God in, the book, in his word. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God are yes and amen to us who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You believe that? Praise God. We have our own dry bones. As I mentioned earlier, the COVID-19 pandemic that's ravaging entire, the, the entire globe, floods, droughts, other things that have gone unnoticed due to the headline grabbing COVID-19, right? As Malaysians, I'm sure that we are very concerned about what's happening in this nation, the fallout from the pandemic, the political upheaval, and so many other issues. We seem to be making one record after another daily. Uh, yesterday, someone was telling me that among the, the cities that are, that, are, that are most dangerous, you know, terror cities, COVID-19 terror cities, there were, in the top 10, there were five, five Malaysian states inside there, are five Malaysian districts, the global top 10. You know, it's it, it when you see such things, it's not, you know, something that goes down well if you care for this nation, right? We know of friends who have passed on due to this disease. We know of people who are suffering. So many things are happening out there. It's almost like everyone wants to, you know, lawan or fight somebody these days, right? So as we read Ezekiel 37, we see... So, you know, we see that God is still in control. As he spoke to Ezekiel to prophesy over Israel's dry bones, I believe that today he's speaking to us. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants to speak to us and through us, to decree and declare his word and will over our lives and nation. This morning, this right now is, you know, a good time as any to seek him. And it's much better when we are together, right? We have our own dry bones, not the reason ones from the COVID-19 pandemic, but also other stuff in our lives. So I shared earlier that we have allowed the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. By our own sins or mistakes, we have allowed the enemy to tie us to iniquity or even, even agreeing to words that nullify God's word over us. When we open our mouths and speak things that do not line up with God's word, we tie ourselves down. I'll give you a small example. I had a friend once. I mean, he's still around, a good friend of mine. Um, he was quite stressed out one day at work. And um, what happened was he got a call from a client who wanted a massive change in the products that he had already almost 50% completed in the morning. And he t- turned around and he told his wife, look, you know, vomit blood lah, he said, you know, like this sort of a client. In the afternoon, what had happened was He suddenly had stomach cramps and he started vomiting blood. So believer, he knows Jesus. And they had rushed him to the hospital and he was in this hospital and we got a call. So myself and a couple of friends went and met the wife, who was also a good friend of ours. And we went and saw this chap lying on the hospital bed. He was all hooked up to all kinds of tubes and stuff. And apparently he, he, in, in that in that short uh, five, six hours spell, he had vomited a lot of blood and he was severely dehydrated. And really, you know, they ran him through some tests. They thought it was a tumor or something. unnoticed that had kind of like, uh, you know, uh, ruptured in his body or whatever. And they had no, they couldn't find any reason. And this guy was really like, you know, his life, vital signs were really going low. And after staying there with him for a while, you know, we decided to go for a drink just to get a tetra and come back, so as we went for the tetra, and as the tetra was coming, the wife told me, said, She said, you know, she told me about what had happened in that morning, and she said, You know, um, he said, point bloodline, you know, he's he's under a lot of pressure, and he he said this with his own mouth. Immediately, I, I said, Okay, come, let's go, you know, go back and pray for him. We left the tetra there, the the mama was just the restaurant was just across the road. We went back to his uh, hospital bed, and I woke him up. And I spoke to him and I said, I'm going to cancel and do something, but I just let him prove and say, God, in the name of Jesus, any word that he has spoken against his life that does not line up with your word, that does not line up with health and wholeness over him. We cancel it in Jesus' name. We cancel it in Jesus' name. And we speak life over him. We speak life over him. And we sealed him with the blood of Jesus. And he commanded that spirit of death and hell to leave him. And after a short while, he woke up. He kind of revived. And the next day, you know, the next day, inside 12 hours from the time we prayed for him, he was 100% well. He was discharged. What happened was his own words tied him up. So sometimes we have made so many, you know, uh, wows, inner wows, or we've spoken things or our own lives or others that do not line up with God's word. These are things that we need to deal with. Amen. We have seen, because of these mistakes that we have made, and our callousness, allowing the enemy footholds in our lives, we have seen some of our desires and hopes, even God-given dreams, assignments, plans, stifled, and eventually suffocated. In some cases, we cannot break through certain barriers and we face crippling limitations. Every time we reach a certain point, we don't go beyond that because the enemy seems to have drawn a line saying this far and no further. So remember this, that as we are coming before God today, his spirit is able to speak life. His word is able to break through fear, doubt, unbelief, you know, whatever it is, hopelessness. The things that have brought us to our knees, which the enemy has brought into our lives, to deceive us, to accept the abnormal as the no, as normal, to accept the abnormal as the new normal. In times like this, we need to wake up. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to make sense of what's happening. For only insight into God's word and will will help us as a nation, church and family to break through into where God wants us to go. To see dry bones come to life. Amen. And God can do that. You know, but another note, this is part of what I want to share but I just want to want you to look at this this is a little uh, different yesterday I was reminded by God Pastor Fergus was taking the church through uh, a time of lamenting and seeking God at their dominant altar and and I was listening to him even as I was preparing for uh, the weeks uh, the funeral and committal service of uh, brother John Chia's mom Auntie Janet you know and as Pastor Fergus was sharing I was reminded, about this, And this is something I did, uh, you know, share earlier, but as he shared this, I shared earlier in the prayer altar in the morning and yesterday at the dominant prayer altar, as Pastor Ferg shared, I was reminded by God, again, about how the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. God wanted, you know, they were crying out to God for so many years for deliverance. And God sends Moses. Moses comes, he speaks to Pharaoh and he says, let, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no, they want to go to worship God because... They are lazy. They've got nothing better to do. No straws for you to make bricks. We all know the story, right? So what happened? Things became worse for them and they were upset with Moses, right? And some of them wanted to stone Moses and Aaron. Going on. It took 10 plagues. God wet Egypt with 10 plagues, right? Why didn't God do it with one plague? He could have, right? But we keep reading that. Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not let the children of Israel go. Each time God sent a plague, uh, Pharaoh would reach out to Moses and say, okay, I'll let you let your guys go. When when he saw respite, when the plague was lifted, Pharaoh continued to hold them back. And things seemed to be getting worse until finally they were delivered, right? But you see, God wanted Egypt out of Israel. Egypt out of Israel before he got Israel out of Egypt right? God delivered the Israelites, but he wanted to see them transformed. He wanted them delivered only after they were aligned to him. He wanted to align them and calibrate them to his word and will before they were delivered. Of course, even after Israel left, right, there was, it was a continuous process, right? They kept obeying God, rebelling against God, and and then calamity hit them, they repented, God forgave them, and then they went back into sin. God forgave them, they thrived, and then they went back into sin. It's like It was a continuing cycle, right? An ugly cycle throughout. The thing is this, as we prepare our hearts for the Holy Communion this morning, I want us to spend some time examining ourselves. I want us to remember this. Today, we can speak to the dry bones in our lives but we must come into alignment and agreement with the word of God, believing that God is who he says he is, that he is able to do what he says he is able to do. And we must allow the Holy Spirit to activate and illuminate his wordiness and breathe his breath into us, breathe his breath of life into our dry bones today. We all have different dry bones. We all have our own challenges We are going to pray. We are going to to pray for ourselves. We are going to be praying for our nation, right? Whatever we are seeing in our nation, remember this. God is in control. He is still on the throne. His agenda will be established and fulfilled. And we want to see his agenda established and fulfilled in our watch. What he has planned for us in our watch. Let us not miss it. Amen. Let us not miss it. Remember that God's plans for you are good. Remember that his word will bring your dry bones to life. Remember that his spirit will give life to those things that are long dead. The good things that God put in your life. The good things that God wants to bring back alive today. God could restore the nation of Israel. Remember, there was this army was that nation, right? Today, God's army are His people. And today, as we come before Him, let's ask God to help us. Let's ask God to guide us. Let Him speak to us by His Spirit. Amen. And let Him guide us. I'm just going to pray. Even as you prepare your emblems at this time, let us just pray in tongues father you want to get egypt out of us before you get us out of egypt this goes for us as individuals as families as a church the church of malaysia and even the nation itself and even lord the nations that are connected to us today in this church celebration service and as I be here, that's my book celebration service. Thank you for reminding us, Father, that yes, even the driest of bones and a valley full of them will come alive when your word is spoken over them. Your word, Father, brings alignment and order into our lives. And this morning, as we come before you, I ask, Father, for your hand to be upon each one of us right now, right now, right now. I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord as I pray for you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters, everyone who is connected to this service, those that are connected to us live today, those that will be hearing this service, even the recorded sermon, Father your hand will be upon us right now in Jesus' name. That God, you will speak your word over us. You will speak your word into us. You will speak your word for us. You will speak your word through us. That every dry bone in our lives will come to life. Every dry bone of the things that you have put in our lives that the enemy has stolen or has killed. But that we ourselves, out of our ignorance, Father, Have let go. We ask, Father, today for your spirit to come and minister life, your spirit to come and bring those things back. To speak, even as you spoke to the dry bones in that valley that Ezekiel saw in his vision. Speak into Malaysia, speak over this nation. We stand in agreement and speak over Malaysia, that Malaysia will live. Malaysia will not die. Sibkl at Sungai Bulo will live. Sibkl at Sungai Bulo will not die. Each one of us who are gathered here, our families, our friends, our loved ones, we will live and we will not die. We will live. Us, our children, our parents, our siblings, our spouses, everyone who is attached to us for good will live in the name of Jesus. Father, this morning, we invoke the covenant we have with you through the blood of Jesus, your son, our savior, our older brother. We ask this morning, Father, that you would speak life through us. That as we speak your word, it will be under your authority. We will have the authority to execute your judgments. We'll have the authority to decree your word. Father, forgive us our sins. Forgive us of our iniquities forgive us the times where we walked away from you forgive us from the time where we even rejected the voice of your holy spirit forgive us for prioritizing other things above you this morning father even if there be any generational bondage that is binding us to iniquity today we break it in the name of Jesus. If there be any legal ground we have given to the devil for our destruction, we break it in Jesus' name. Father, help us as individuals, as families, and as a church to know what you want us to know, to know the fellowship of Jesus' suffering as much as the power of his resurrection. We don't want to be a church that is putting her head in the descend we want to be a church that is relevant because we are connected to you we are relevant to our communities we are relevant to those around about us because we are connected to you father we are empowered by your spirit we are conduits of your presence and couriers of your love your glory your power that your power will be manifested in our lives father help us Then what breaks your heart, let it break ours too. Give us, Lord, your heart of compassion. Give us, Lord, your heart of love. Give us, Lord, the heart of Jesus for those around us, for our loved ones, for our nation. And today, God, if we have spoken death over our nation or our lives or anything and anyone, if we have spoken anything that does not line up with your word, Father, we cancel those words in Jesus' name. If those words have produced crops, evil crops, today we speak crop failure over those words, that those words will fall dead to the ground right now in Jesus' name. But Father, let your words, let the seeds that you have planted in our lives bring forth a hundredfold harvest at every level for your glory. There be any who are sick among us, Any who are despondent among us. Father, right now, send forth your spirit to bring healing. Send forth your spirit to provide strength and comfort. Because you, God, are our wonderful counselor. You are our prince of peace. You are our king of glory. Walk among us this morning. Walk among us, God. Walk among us, God where we are right now and touch us and anoint us afresh we thank you Father we thank you God we thank you God yes Lord your name is Jesus you are Lord over all you are the Lord of SIVKL at Sumai Bulo this morning we just want to give you thanks we want to give you praise for everyone who is Here, every family that is represented here, we pray a blessing over them. We cover them, each one, each family, every single family represented here with the blood of Jesus. God, your blessing will be upon them. And because your blessing is upon us, we are blessed indeed. Father, let this month of August, even as we are beginning this on the 1st of August and the rest of this year, Be a time of your glory, times of your glory, days of your glory, months of your glory in your presence in each one of us. That we will fulfill everything that you have ordained for us to fulfill and possess everything you have ordained for us to possess in this year. None will be wanting, none will be lacking, none will fall short of what you have ordained for us. Because your word says that your grace is sufficient for us. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We bless you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.